This is part two of the bonus episode for my fic exposure. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go do that. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about is um, what you would like to see more of in sex work ethics. Oh, this is this is what I've been looking forward to. Okay. Um, <laughs> we all know that sex work ethics can be harmful, but that's that's we know that. I'm waving my hand at that. Um, what's missing is how stupid it can be. It, I want to see like the the fun parts i want to see the really just like banal and irritating the rage and the comedy it is so funny (laughs) just like the people you meet so many people and you have so many interactions like the turnover of people that we see (laughs) is monumental like the number of people that we come into contact with is no, and, and also you see them in so much like honestly it reminds me of like so I um, live in LA and I before the end times happened I used to take Ubers everywhere and yes. I yeah it's, I'm comparing your sex work to my Uber experience I hope that's okay with you um, it is completely accurate I really think it's identical no but, I think it is um, uh, it's a little bit different no but truth, truthfully you know it's true you know what would happen is I would be spending an hour every day with a different stranger who wanted to tell me their life story and you get you to meet these fucking insane people and the different the thing that's sad about sex workers is that you have these crazy stories and so much less ability to talk about them in this funny way without having to first preface it with like by the way we did use protection and no I'm not being abused like you just want to have a funny story another thing that that's frustrating is that like I have so many perfectly normal customers (laughs) And in general, men are annoying me. I, I just must say, like, in, if a man is hitting on me and looking at sexually interested in me, I'm annoyed, you know? <laughs> so in any, <laughs> I would just automatically be irritated if a man was making sexual advances at me. So okay. that happens in my job. That's part of that being a normal client. So I'm <laughs> automatically like, eh, you know? But that's boring. Nobody wants to hear about a normal client. Right. Who's me properly, who's like, yes, are you available for dance? Or like, yes, I would like to have sex. Here is the money. <laughs> yes I will use a condom and I will not talk shit I will not do I will not be annoying you know nobody wants to hear about that and I have so many of those customers and I I have um and then um, and then of course the problem is if people only talk about you know the abusive customers or even the mm -hmm. fucking weird ones then Mm -hmm. there's this impression that you just fly from fucking bastard to maniac all day and there's no normality and and yet, in fact, the bulk of your clients, I presume, are pretty normal. Well, it's, I wouldn't say normal, but <laughs> the thing is that, like, everybody thinks that every client, every customer of a sex worker is, like, ew, or, like, must be horrible to me, or, like, must be, have bad thoughts, <laughs> you know, but um, I, it's, come on, your grandpa's there, he's retired, it's <laughs> day at 4 p.m. and he's having a beard Jesus like this just reminded me of another thing I see a lot in sex worker fix which is that um uh I'm I'm really I'm revealing that I clearly have a thing for sex worker Draco I knew this you you owned up to it I've I've accepted it I think I'm learning a lot from you I only want I only want down now Draco I don't want down now Harry um Harry's been through enough you guys anyway I think that you're right (laughs) I have never been interested in down now Harry Harry (laughs) He deserves to have some nice times. Anyway, uh, but something that often happens is um, Jacob has sex with Harry as a client and Harry like doesn't 
I don't know, come in his eye and hit him. And he's like, wow, what a gentleman. And I'm like, I don't believe that every single person you've, and it's usually in the same fix where it's like, he's been sucking 500 dicks an hour for six, six years. You know, it's like, I don't believe that all these people were just like monsters from hell. Like I think most people are generally trying to be polite. Right. Most of the time, like, yeah. <laughs> like some nights you spend the entire time thinking, okay, did I remember to cut my tampon string? Did I remember to cut my tampon string? Do I have any toilet paper anywhere? Like, do I, like, did I forget a pube? Like, is there, is, did I miss something? Like, because right. everybody really wants to look at my butthole right now. I don't normally have to think about that, but when I'm at work, I'm very aware of my own butthole. And let me tell you, <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that when you're an Uber driver. No, no. I think that's probably the only crucial difference between your experience and mine. <laughs> yeah, the only one. <laughs> no, you're right. I think that you're right. That's the kind of stuff. And and to be honest with you, Blue, that, that's the kind of stuff that you can only write if you are a sex worker. So oh, I yeah. I couldn't write that sex worker fic. I don't know what the funny things oh. are. So I, I'd I like you, to, I have so many stories. I'd like to quietly assert pressure on you for your sex worker fic oh, okay. that you're working on. Yeah. This is yeah. I am being bullied. Something I think I would think would be fun to see in Sex Worker Fix is like Sex Worker in the background where the plot isn't so and so is a deaf sex worker and and like how can they get out of that or the difficulties of that job. Um, and I was thinking about so I have a fic called um, Can I Tell You Something in which Draco is a burlesque dancer and that is just kind of a thing he does and it's not really like it reveals a little bit about his personality. You've done that as well, right? Oh, really? Yeah, I was in a trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I do have to say I, I keep meeting more and more burlesque dancers. I, I think they are. I'm drawn to them apparently, but um, they're very glittery. They're, they're very glittery. Um, but yeah, the point is that it wasn't about his you know journey as a burlesque dancer, and I think mm-hmm. that um, it it might be fun. I think to have some. I like where you know that he, he's a sex worker. That's his job. You know, Harry is an aura. That's his job and they fall in love with other plot points you know that I think that could be kind of refreshing oh I like that I like the idea of like um <laughs> like someone is a sex worker and there's like like a you know um like it's like a case fic <gasps> yeah and so then they then they find out something because it's one of their clients yes Ooh, I think that'd be fantastic yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be great. In fact, even Draco could be. So why, it might not be Draco. I guess it could be Harry. God damn it! Nah, um, be Draco. Okay. Anyway, so Draco could be a consultant. Harry's too stupid to survive as a sex worker. I yeah, must he, say. I ha- yeah, I'm with you there. I don't think he'd make it. I don't he could never he'd act for his life. <laughs> yeah, he'd have a he'd struggle with that. All right, so let's move on a little bit. Um, so when I was writing Exposure, um, I I talked to Blue beforehand about um, some of their pet peeves and then I wrote the fic and then I sent it to them. And there were there were kind of two main criticisms that came back. Um, f- first was in the first, and they kind of tie in together. In the first draft, Harry asks Draco, is this cheating? And Draco said something along the lines of, so what if it is? Like, and and there were two problems with that. We'll get into the media problem second. But the the first thing is, as as Billy said, this is a client, you need the money. Uh, Draco in this fic is financially strained. He can't say something that might lose him a client, right? If a client, and I remember, I remember you telling me this, I was like, what would you say if a client asked you if it was cheating? And you were like, I would do anything to make them keep 
seeing me because I need the money. Um, so you wouldn't be like, oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe you shouldn't be seeing me. You need that money. The second and more important point, I think, is about the idea of sex work as cheating. Um, and so I kind of reworked it because the point is that it's only cheating if it's cheating in that relationship, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Every relationship defines its level of cheating, right? In some relationships, watching porn would count as cheating. And in others, you could go and visit a sex worker and come back and tell your spouse and be like, oh, I just had sex with a sex worker. And your spouse would be like, great, high five. You know, it depends on your relationship. The person to blame is not the sex worker. And so you can talk about this more, but this, I, this idea, I think what you... And Emery took issue with in the first draft because I had I had backup I had backup didn't I with a, a second <laughs> sex worker to help me out. Um, what you and Emery took issue with was this idea that um, Draco was lying about it being cheating because Draco knew it was cheating because Harry had a girlfriend, which mm-hmm. is not the case. It might not be. You know, Draco doesn't know their relationship. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about sex work and cheating? I thought about that a lot because I, I had never actually thought about that too much in general because every time I've imposed that question it's of the man who's obviously would sleep with someone besides his partner if he had the chance um or is just like not in a healthy relationship and is the problem or just like the relationship is super unhealthy and they're like is this cheating and I'm like buddy (laughs) why are you asking me and what am I doing for you like am I emotionally involved here I am not emotionally involved and I'm not getting paid as a as a, a couples counselor. Right. Um, I'm not exactly dressed for the occasion. <laughs> um, my fee would be much higher. <laughs> like, again, it depends on the relationship. Um, and people don't talk about watching porn, but that's not seen as cheating. Mm-hmm. So I have done video work. I have been in pornography and I have done cam. When I was on cam, I also sold like pre-done videos. So if somebody in a relationship watches that pre-recorded video, but doesn't interact with me like in person or like live or like message me about it or anything, Mm -hmm. is that cheating? But then if you watch a live show, is that cheating? If you are in the chat with the, um, with the model saying, do this or like whatever you say in the chat, (laughs) some weird shit, some (laughs) funny stuff, just generally like talking is that cheating? Because then you're interacting with the sex worker. I think that it's more likely to be quote unquote cheating if, well not quote unquote, it's just such an odd term that I wouldn't have thought of to go with here because it's such a complicated, messy situation um, because people don't talk about it. I I basically think that what it comes down to is that I, I really believe that every relationship has different standards for, for cheating. Yeah. My ex-boyfriend did not flirt at all. He was an incredibly like gentlemanly person. And therefore, like one time I saw him like giggling with a girl and like knocking his shoulder against her. And I freaked the fuck out because he was flirting. Like, what the hell? Like, that's mine. But my <laughs> current b- husband, <laughs> my current husband uh, flirts with like passing dogs. You know, I don't feel threatened. That's with everyone and and so because that's his normal standard I'm not worried about it what is what is stressful is feeling that someone is behaving that your your partner is behaving in a way that is secretive and unfaithful to the bounds of your relationship and so expecting a sex worker to be able to answer that question is ludicrous because 
they are not in your relationship, right? You sh- you need to find out if you are cheating. Uh, it's not the sex worker's responsibility. And I think you're right that there is um, this kind of sense that sex workers get blamed and in the same way that like the quote unquote other woman gets blamed. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there is this sense, and this maybe ties in with what you were saying about how women who aren't sex workers might have this, you know, niggling fear of this, you know, vixen sex worker luring their their spouse away, um, which just kind of takes all the responsibility away from your partner and puts it roundly on the shoulders of someone who has no no business having this responsibility. So I I thought that was such an interesting point. And I I definitely, the thing is, in that fic, I do think Harry is cheating on Ginny because- Oh, I do as well. (laughs) she's she would be horrified you know what I mean um but yeah I I think the important thing is not not implying that no matter what you're cheating if you are seeing a sex worker in a relationship and something I I try to kind of make that clearer by having uh one of Draco's customers be uh is it Dan who is married right and Mm -hmm. his wife comes in and brings him tea because Mm -hmm. it's totally fine in that in that context it goes to the same thing is that therefore a sex worker can't be faithful either therefore the sex worker can't have their own relationship. Um, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, that makes sense. Because then they're inherently, yeah. So that's, yeah. So that's, that's the other, other side of the coin there. And it's all to do with like the basis of a relationship being communication and honesty and being happy within the boundaries that you've set. So I think when somebody asks, am I cheating? Is this cheating? I'm like, well, buddy, if you're worried, then then there's something wrong. (laughs) Specifically is cheating. You asking me, is this cheating? I, I don't think so, but I think that you've got some some real bad going on that you might need to be dealing with. And I'm probably not the person that you should be speaking to. I think you should maybe go home and talk to your partner. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, right. but then I, I do realize that um, there's a big difference between like watching someone through a screen and then going in to see strippers, which I think people worse about because I must be like active in, in, in my flirtation, but it's like, I am not flirting with this man's because I want him. I am not fighting with this man's to take him away from anyone. I do not want this man. I would like my paycheck. I would like to have a pleasant experience with this man. I would like this man to have a nice time. I would like to see a men- like mutually beneficial situation. And then I don't want to know anything else. All right. My husband has a like outsized crush on AOC and he is like, oh, she's on my, she's on my list. You know, speaking of cheating, you know how everyone has like, oh, relationship goes like oh my list and I have told him explicitly that I do not okay AOC's position on the list because she's too hot like she's just she's too hot it's not fair and and also the fact is my husband's a comedian and I I have so much faith in him and I believe he's going to be incredibly successful and so I can well imagine him meeting AOC I actually remember I read I read something I was read an interview with um is it I don't know how to pronounce his name Troy Sylvan the singer Anyway, and he was talking about this like, this concept of the list. And he was like, the problem is when you're famous, you cannot have the list because that's just a list of people you know that you're saying you're going to cheat on your partner with, like who you will meet. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I think we've moved on to that. So let's get to the, um, the question that I obviously have been longing to ask you this entire time, which is, uh, what did you like about my fanfic? What did you like about the exposure? So much. <laughs> so you're going to have to let me just ramble this time. Oh, what I, a hardship for me. 
Oh, what a hardship for you to hear me tell you everything that I really liked about exposure. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, when you sent me that comment that the other sex worker wrote, I must tell you that I cried a little. You didn't. Wait, I, I did. have a question. I let, let me actually find, I want to read, I want to read the, co- the, the comment. Oh, um, um, it was a love. You're gonna cry again. Really lovely comment, and I also have a I have a terminology question about it. Okay, so yes. I'm not gonna say their um, name, their, whatever their account name is, but um, this is the part of the comment that I liked. I also have to say that this is the first fic where the sex work was 100% believable, and where I didn't have to get mad because there was no fucked up swerve garbage we'll talk about that in a second uh as a sex worker who has wanted to see something like this in fandom for a long time this made me so happy i really loved the way you were able to play with authenticity and boundaries as it related to sex work and a client sex would like worker relationship and light-hearted chats about what people should do in their lives and their daily lives so i i was really touched by that comment and that is the comment as i said that made me delete my other thing because i was like oh god what if they read that one and were just disappointed in me as a person uh but um what is swerf S-W-E-R-F. Yeah, that's a sex worker exclusionary or sex worker exclusionary radical feminist. So think of the worm, uh, the worm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, think of the worm turf. So think of the trans exclusionary radical feminist. So um, feminists who like, it's the same thing, like vilifying sex work, um, seeing us like without agency or too naive to know anything better or it's only desperation or gluttony, et cetera. Um, and so there was none of that, none of that bullshit was an exposure because mm-hmm. whacked it out of there. Um, <laughs> anything that could have been in was kicked. Anyway, so you <laughs> liked that comment also, which. Uh, yeah. If you could, if, yes. I, I really like that comment because it's the one that I would have left um, if I had been the reader because it when you came to me with the fic I was absolutely leery a because I was nervous right like how awkward if I had lobbed you something really hateful right and then and then also you'd have to read it oh that would have been I would have just feels wouldn't have done that to me (laughs) you think it was very brave of you to to kind of consent to read it so I really appreciated it I'm I'm glad that I've been very grateful for the whole experience I think I've learned a lot um it's been exciting to like sort of step into this conversation it's very daunting um and don't know if I have many of the voices with me I know that I have encountered one um and but it sounds like drary fanfic readers who also do sex work Mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. the thing is even if the I, don't, I mean I don't know maybe there are sort of seething masses of drary sex worker mm-hmm. readers but even if there aren't I, I think you know most most of us would like to know more about what clearly if you're interested in reading sex worker fix it's because there's something about the profession that you find vaguely intriguing and so mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear more about like the genuine ways in which that works so by the way second nudge for you to write your sex worker fix yeah. on this is bullying. <laughs> I will not stop. Okay, go on. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more about how you liked all my writing. <laughs> I, so I already adored your writing. So I was like, okay, this can't be awful. Like I, I love this writer. I'm not going to suffer too terribly. But um, right off the bat, you kick it off showing Harry's 
intimacy issues with Jenny. Like he's completely disinterested and <laughs> he's such a coward. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, cowardice is often attributed to Draco and uh, it's shown on Harry to be, he doesn't know what to do. So he's not going to do anything. <laughs> and later on you describe him um, as using Hermione um, as like a way to say things that he's afraid of saying by saying Hermione said this. Right. Um, and I thought that was fantastic because it's one of the small ways that you can be a coward. And I think it that behavior of Harry's is what was able to add up. And um, that cowardice um, made this mess, mm-hmm. made the mess of harming Draco and harmed him so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Right off the bat, <laughs> you have Harry as a coward. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're like, oh, buddy, you're going you're gonna to dick some right up. <laughs> you know I will. Um, and then, um, you know, the, the horribly uncomfortable moment at the bar. Right, when, so that, that's the moment when Seamus finally, like, confronts Draco and is like, oh, you know, we did this to you. And Draco realizes that James is actually Harry, that, that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's a kind of climactic, horrible moment. Yeah, that was, that hurt. And so I, I, we have discussed my experiences with exposure. Like um, me on cam was uh, shown to my father. And uh, so I lost contact with my father. So this was definitely a relatable moment of hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew it was coming in the thick because we talked about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, in, it was handled appropriately with the correct amount of, absolute hurt like devastation like this changes everything this emotional foundation is wrecked like he was already struggling to put it mildly um and now to have the one somewhat good thing um that he had just even possibly they were it's just hell earlier on in the story was another great moment in which um, after they don't get off camp for the first time, um, and Seamus and Ron and everyone, they're like not laughing. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that wasn't funny because mm-hmm. he was doing his job. <laughs> like, right. He right. wasn't miserable. Like they were like this horrible person who was played a part in the deaths of our loved ones and monumental trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, now he's suffering, degrading himself, miserable. You know, and he was just doing his job, having a good time, mm-hmm. was pretty confident about it. And mm-hmm. they were like, that wasn't funny. We just feel kind of gross. Right. Like, Correct, bitches. <laughs> That's how it should feel. <laughs> I was glad that you showed that. Just like the multifaceted response in which Draco was unarmed. He got paid. <laughs> Bummer for him. <laughs> and so it was just like, and they just had to be uncomfortable knowing that like, like, <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't de- like this degrading awkward awful thing yeah. and to be honest with you I reckon if even if we had gone the the more typical like you know degrading sex work th- route mm-hmm. I reckon if Draco had been fucking miserable and like quietly weeping as he did it that wouldn't right. have been funny either the whole point no. is that obviously it's it's not funny to watch someone have an orgasm usually really right uh, I mean, I guess maybe I'm wrong about it. I don't think it's funny. Uh, I think it's hysterical, but I have had many different experiences than you. <laughs> uh, 
let me tell you, it's real funny. Okay. <laughs> um, right. But in this case, no, not at all, because Draco is obviously presenting his best self. Mm-hmm. The one that he knows is sexually desirable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, when he orgasms, it's not an ugly one. It's not an ugly situation. He's having a good time. Mm-hmm. He has to. Mm-hmm. Um, at least a good enough one. Like, mm-hmm. you can't go on cam unless you're fully capable of, like, achieving orgasm or... That's not true. <laughs> yeah. I think it's probably different with men as well. But yeah, but I, you know, he, clearly he, you know, he, he finds that he quite likes the job, right? I mean, I think the thing, the in the thick, really, the only thing that gets Draco really down about the job is the financial insecurity and like the instability of it all. Uh, and, you know, that's the reason he leaves. Of like where he lives, like he's already struggling with the, the landlord, like the landlady, whatever. Like there is a stigma that he still carries there. And he also mm-hmm. knows that, like carrying that over it's not like he's already Malfoy but there is the social degradation Mm -hmm. that -hmm. comes with being known as a sex worker Mm -hmm. um and even if you stop Mm -hmm. like even even when I haven't been actively working um or you know it's still like as soon as somebody finds out that you have ever done sex work especially if they find out that you've ever done full service Mm -hmm. um you will always be a sex worker Mm-hmm. Like, that's just like, it's such a completely different universe and a completely different lens that you have to put on to view the world as a sex worker, that it does change you as a person and not necessarily negatively, but it gives you many new ways to look at the world and many new ways to look at people and yourself mm-hmm. in good and bad and just different ways. Um, oh, I had somewhere to go with that. Let's, I don't know where it went. It might come back to me. Um, Why don't you bring it back to some more compliments about my thick? <laughs> it showed that. Um, so I, I just it did a fantastic job of showing the harm and acknowledging it, and Draco and Harry being able to love each other. Also, it's fucking funny. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Little teehee, you know you're funny. Stop it. <laughs> I know no such thing. I was so astonished that I was still laughing all the time. Just like the text messages back and forth. Um, and just like. <sighs> I love text messages. That, they're my favorite thing. I think they're such a fascinating like way of, of looking at a relationship because they are this perfect combination of spontaneity and self-fashioning, right? Because you are setting them off so quickly, but you are also trying to show off. So I think that they're, they're just a delight, you know. I mean, I also love letters. I just like like it's how like, people. Yeah, no, my I love epistolary everything. Also, I love l- writing letters, and I'm have like a gross amount of stationery, and I'm that bitch that actually writes letters. No, I like, write letters too. And I have all these great letters from my, we should write to each other clearly. Um, no, I, I have, yeah, I have all my friends write to each other. It's a whole thing. Um, I think it's a boarding school thing, right? I went to boarding school. So my main, I mean, I went to the boarding school before the internet was really like cool. Uh, and so my only way of communicating with my mother was through letters. Oh, I was, so I went, I went to boarding school a summer. You did? Massachusetts. Uh-huh. It's a whole time. Uh, it's a whole time. I loved it actually, but that was very different. Mm-hmm. Going back to your fic, <laughs> the fire cows. <laughs> yeah, people have said, okay, I have to say, uh, there's cows in the bolt hole and there's cows in this fic. And I started being like, 
people are going to think I'm very into cows. I'm uh, very into cows. I love cows. Well, I'm staying at my parents' house at the moment and there's cows fucking everywhere. And so I oh, think what's going on, I just keep seeing cows and I'm like, they're honestly quite, I think they're quite alarming. <laughs> I've like, lived in Wisconsin for five years. I'm just <laughs> Illinois, but I've seen so many cows. You hear me slightly lose it just because I'm like laughing about these cows. No, I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're quite large, uh, first off. Second off, they have sort of knowing looks that they give you when you walk by they all turn together as if they're like automatons like they're and they all have one brain or something and then they come towards you with their sort of cowish fucking faces and they walk near you and I just they're up to something do you know what I mean like I just don't think they're trustworthy and they come after me when I go on my walks and they'll follow me around and I just fucking hate them, to be honest with you. I'm with raccoons, not cows. They're I'm massive. Harry's fear and butthole was not his. It was yours. It was absolutely mine. <laughs> <laughs> I really find them quite alarming. <laughs> I don't like them. Um, yeah. Okay, going back, going back to your fic and really internalizing with joy your fear of cows <laughs> um, and their, uh, how do you pronounce that? Machinations? Uh, yeah, yeah, Macan- well, they are up to- I'm glad that you agree with me on their fucking, you know, evil plans. Yeah. But going back to the fire cows in, well, this is, by the way, another example of Galaret's a plot point uh, that then she cannot be bothered to explore, right? Because the whole reason Draco was living as a muggle is that like these nefarious evil wizards came and forced him to and then just disappeared into the mist and were killed off by fire cows. I just I don't get what happened there. I just don't care because the story's like you don't need it. Right. I just don't give a shit about the plot ever. So <laughs> it happens in the background <laughs> and get gets killed off by fire cows. Okay. But I God. <laughs> I'm like struggling not to laugh. And I'm trying to things as in you carry Drago's voice so phenomenally and especially through sex work. Just like the way he interacted with his clients and on cam was extraordinarily funny to me. There were certain points where it's like, he would not say that. He could not say that. But like, you still had his personality. Wait, I want to know. So, so where's something where you, he could not say that? He would not say that. Oh, no, we, oh shoot. That would mean pulling up old drafts. Oh no. Oh, you mean, oh, as, as in I changed it since then? Yeah, they were just small oh, things. Again, yeah, like. I do remember. Uh, it, it was basically, oh, here's one. This was interesting. Um, it was such a small thing, mm-hmm. um, but it was, it was the moment when um, Harry has finally, conf- like, has called him Draco. So Draco mm-hmm. knows Harry's a wizard, although he doesn't know he's Harry. Mm-hmm. And at the end, Harry says, like, oh, I'm not trying to be your boyfriend. Like, I'm not trying to pry into your life, blah, blah, blah. And Draco's like, oh, I wouldn't mind that. And you added like a now. And you were like, because up until this point, the veil was down. Like mm-hmm. up until this point, Draco was with a client and he mm-hmm. had to be his his worker self. And after this point, he, now Harry knows so much about him, so much more than anyone else knows that they have like an automatically more intimate relationship. And another point like that, I think... It's in that same scene, which is when Harry's like, oh, by the way, I'm still going to book you even if you're not happy all the time. Mm-hmm. And so you were like, these are just two points where the client has behaved in a non-clienty way and therefore the relationship has shifted, yeah. um, which really helped me because I think I went through and I looked at it, uh, at the story up until that point and made sure that in my head, I knew that Draco was still approaching this just as a job up until that point. Mm-hmm. 
And so I made a couple of small changes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, the fact is uh, you can't be fully yourself when someone is paying you to be charming. You know, mm-hmm. that's part of the job. Um, well, lovely. Thank you for that um, praise fest that I have on <laughs> record. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very greedy. Um, okay, so I, I, I'd like to... Um, I'd like to recommend a fic that, so I'd like to say if, if, if someone liked exposure, they might also like X fic. And so obviously I was thinking about this a lot and it was really tricky because I, there are some sex worker fics that I really like, uh, and I'm not going to mention them because they are <laughs> sex worker fics that I think, I mean, unless you think I should do, but I, I think, I think probably not because they're sex worker fics that I think are in the context of what we've talked about harmful, but I did want to recommend something. So what I decided to think about was less, um, okay, I need to recommend another sex worker fic. And instead I thought about um, the theme of Draco in the muggle world, Harry being kind of fascinated by the fact that Draco seems to be succeeding in the muggle world. And Harry just wants to know more because he is not doing well. And so the fic I came upon was uh, Here's the Pencil, Make It Work by Ignatius Trout, which is Oh, it's, it's fabulous. It's so great. Um, it's a fic in which Harry has, I think he's like lost his job and hasn't told anyone. So he's pretending to his friends that he's like, I, I think that's a thing. But the point is he's, he's completely lost. And he finds out that Draco is working at a coffee shop, at a muggle coffee shop. And that Draco lives in this house full of muggle girls who fucking love him. And Harry just becomes obsessed with this. And uh, they kind of slowly become friends. And a, a great deal of the angst comes from Harry's inability to tell his friends about his relation, his like new friendship with Draco. And so the way that the way that Draco gets hurt is, is through this cowardice of Harry. So I think uh, thematically, if you liked the way that the angst panned out in exposure, I think this is going to be a fic that will hit a lot of those same buttons for you. So uh Here's the pencil, make it work by Ignatius Trout. But Blue, did you think of any? See, I wanted <sighs> no, because my problem is okay. So what? What are the fix that are written like this? And I think what I value so much is your Draco and your um, your Draco, and then the specific ongoing banter, or like their relationship, their communication, um, just both humorous and so firmly in character and I am so biased but the like all I could think of was the similarities and voices was um with Fields for Breakfast um and I thought Gryffindors don't show and tell oh yeah is that the one where they where Draco finds out everyone else has kissed Harry yeah so that he's at a party and he finds out that literally everyone in the room has made out with Harry except for him and he's just like what the fuck and as it was uh, Fields was like, yeah, I'm writing this thing. And I'm like, it's like, they were being like, oh, it's just like a toss off fic or whatever. Like, I just wanted to write it. It wasn't like something that I'm super invested in or whatever. And I was like, this is fantastic. (laughs) It's a, I think that's actually a great shout. I think you're right in that it's, it's like funny, but it has this under, this undertow of sadness and, and kind of you know insecurity because I think it's it's from Draco's point of view mm-hmm. uh, and it's sexy and it's it's short right isn't it like 5k it's very short and it's <laughs> I decided to summarize it as sloppy hand job great writing or like tight <laughs> writing because <laughs> yeah. it feels just like it's just a sloppy hand job and <laughs> it just started 
laughing. Um, and I was like, no, this is this is so funny. And nobody else thinks so. But I think that the writing of Draco's voice, you achieve that without being in his head um, in exposure. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, and and some amuse that you you manage to present the same, not neuroses, but like the charming patterns that he has, just the way that he looks around the world, and he's he's oh, man. I ha- I wish I was better with words. It's better <laughs> better at stringing them together. Let's put it like that. I mean, I think you've been doing fabulously. So I, I don't know why you're beating yourself up about this. Very kind, <laughs> but I would definitely recommend that, especially if you want the same it's not banter no but I, I think it's it's this uh combination of of light-heartedness with something a little more serious um and i mean i'm a massive feels for breakfast fan so feels for breakfast uh gryffindors don't kiss and tell is another great fic and it's short so you can read it whilst avoiding doing your own work so that's you know a great a great advantage uh i i also like to recommend a novel I am really stumped on this. Have you thought of any novels or books, Blue, that you could recommend to people? I, I've still been reading the prose edda. I'm not. and You cannot <laughs> recommend the prose edda to people who liked exposure. I can't. I'm so sorry. I mean, edda, can we just clarify? So what century is the prose edda from, Blue? Oh, good Lord. Let me grab it. This is, this is my shame. I'm like, you know what? I haven't read in 30 years a novel. Uh, is the prose edda really a novel it's not no, it's the it? collection of norse mythology is the original hold on um i mean <laughs> don't worry about it even because to be honest with you i don't think uh that that they have much crossover to you know, I know. it's it's just snorri sturluson was the icelandic scholar it was about 1220 Okay, so to recap, uh, I asked Blue to recommend a book and Blue failed me utterly and proceeded to recommend a 12th, a 13th century Norse mythology book. That's not a good recommendation, Blue. That's a bad recommendation. I didn't say it was a recommendation. I said it was an offer. Okay, all right. Let's say it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a novel, but can you, I couldn't think of any book I'd read where I felt like it had a nice, like a, a good representation of sex work which already is telling, right? Um, so then I was trying to think of a book that felt as if it captured some of the same vibes as uh, exposure in terms of like banter and betrayal. But I, um, I've, I'm really struggling. And, and by the way, that's not to say I think my writing is, you know, alone and unique in the world uh, because I find it really easy usually to recommend things based on the books I read. I, I actually, I, I'm hesitant to say this because I think it's a book that most people who read fan fiction have already heard about. I think that maybe Carry On by Rainbow Rowell has a similar vibe. Have you read that, Blue? Mm-mm. You've heard of it, I presume. Mm-mm. You are so out of the... Guys, Blue <laughs> only reads, like, only reads the nerdiest shit I have oh. ever heard of. I have an English degree and Blue is always out reading me. So, uh, of course, Blue hasn't. I don't know anything you're talking about. <laughs> they've never, they've, of course, they haven't heard of Carry On by Rainbow Rowell because Carry On by Rainbow Rowell is like a fun New York Times bestseller style uh, young adult gay book. Um, whereas Blue only reads The Red Badge of Courage. So. <laughs> don't expose me. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so the point is, um, yeah, so Carry On by Rainbow Rowell, uh, it's very famous. And the reason I think that maybe if you liked Exposure, you'd like this book is that it's um, it's kind of set in the modern world. But I mean, basically, let's be honest, it is drowry. Um, so Rainbow Rowell, it's such a, can I be bothered to explain this? Mm, let me think for a second. Basic premise is that she wrote this other book called Fangirl in which um, she made up this like fake kind of Harry Potter that the protagonist in Fangirl was writing fan fiction about. And there were snippets of the fan fiction in the book. And then she liked writing the fan fiction so much that she was like, fuck it, I'm just going to write that book. But it's not the book that is, it's sort of, it's really complicated. Um, But basically it is this book about what if Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter fell in love. Um, but instead of Draco and Malfoy, it's Simon and Baz, and Baz is a vampire. And it's it's very true. It's honestly, I really like it. I think it's funny and light and good and quite long, which I loved. And there's an excellent first kiss. So I I think um, the reason I would say that if you liked Exposure, this is a good comparison title is that I think it it combines angst and humour in a way that seems comparable. Um, That makes me sound as if I'm like... (laughs) I'm like, Rainbow Rowell is close enough to my genius, which is not what I mean. Uh, I really, really think she's a, I think she's a very good writer. So um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say Carry On is my my book rec. Blue has come up with a recommendation. Please, Blue, what is your recommendation? So my goodness, my recommendation is actually um, Secret Diary of a Call Girl, which to be fair, I've only seen as a TV series. And, and, and uh, I, I liked the TV series and I remember thinking it seemed like a fairly positive portrayal what do you think it's not just a positive portrayal it's a very real one really uh, yeah and it was based on a cargo stories like it yeah and so because it was based on a series of books that were actually written by Belle de jour which is mm-hmm. a very cute little certain like pseudonym for mm-hmm. um a woman who had been working as an escort in london um and um so she wrote this series as a blog um, and that um, was published as um, The Intimate Adventures of a London Call Girl and then became a TV series that was done by Billy Piper. And no, it's from- great. And by the way, if you're Doctor Who fans, uh, there's this weird moment in Diary of a Secret Diary of a Call Girl where Billy Piper has sex with Matt Smith. So David Tennant companion sleeping with a later Doctor Who. And I remember being very excited about it. (laughs) Yeah, no, but that's like, that's, I really, I think that's a really fun TV show. Um, And one of the things I think it talks about is like the difficulties she has dating um, Mm -hmm. and also like the bits of it that are fun. I mean, it really, it does a lot of the things that we've been talking about today. So yeah, I think that's uh, as a TV show, a great show. So have you read the book? No, but I'm I'm always shocked by the fact that if a TV show does something well and it's based on the books, I'm I'm betting I'm willing to bet. That yeah, the book you're right. You're right. The diary, um, and I've never watched or read anything that was a depiction of sex work that ever felt or smelled or like seemed miles close enough to. Oh, that's none of that's a good description, but it felt it's good, it's accurate, it's real, it's also very entertaining, very fun. Um, and it's a great representation because it's a real representation of sex work. Blue, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? There's so much more to be said on literally everything, but I'm 
quite content to be able to have started this. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked so much about your fic and I. I'm very grateful for both the fic and for the experience of getting to work with you and getting to work with like a writer, Andrei, on this topic and being able to look at it in this lens of like, why does fan fiction do this? Um, how does it read as a sex worker? Um, mm-hmm. How does it contribute to the world that I live and work in? Um, it's been fascinating. And it's not normally something that I get the chance to explore or to consider to talk about. And so this is very exciting um, and has led to me having other conversations about it. But I think one thing that I wanna talk about going further, not necessarily right now, is how much can be shown in um, through sex work, with sex work um, in fan fiction, uh, because there's so much. Mm-hmm. And I think what's missing is the details and those are the best part. And that's when I love my job, which is a lot of the time, it's the little things that add up. Mm-hmm. Um, even the banal parts of, as a sex worker, I have only consumed, like my only meals have been seven Jimmy John sandwiches in the past four days uh-huh. because of the working doubles to pay for car repairs and I don't have time to get groceries. Right. And so just like the dumb stuff like that. Right. And like the all the bizarre conversations, sober and drunk at 2 p.m. and at 2 a.m. and with all kinds of people, you can have anyone. I have had a man confess to murder. I have had You're people kidding. I'm not. Oh my uh, god. And this was this was the other month. Um, <laughs> oh god, yeah. Um, I screamed at a manager because he wouldn't kick out some Nazis, uh, and then left. And they apologized. It was a great Wait, time. Sorry, did the I, managers apologize or the Nazis apologize? Oh, the managers. The Nazis not apologizing. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. There's also the um, issues, to put it mildly, of class and race and sex. Right. Well, that's a whole other. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. But again, there is so much more. And if you think you want to see something explicitly stated or shown under the brightest light, you can see it in sex work because nobody can hide there. (laughs) Um, So, Blue, you have a Tumblr, right? Would you want to promote your Tumblr? I do. Okay, Um, what is your Tumblr blue? It's Draco for Draco. (laughs) So Draco and then the number four and then Draco again. Okay. And so um, so if people want to ask you stuff, uh, do you have like an asks box or anything like that? And I would fully welcome questions. I struggle to articulate myself a lot of the time. Um, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to talk to people about this. Um, I want to share as much as I can when I'm able to, because everybody benefits from me sharing this information. Yeah. I'm not always able to, um, but. No, I, I really appreciate that. Um, uh, you know, I think uh, you're very, um, you're very compassionate and generous with uh, people's kind of mistakes as they write. Um, and, the, and the fact is, you know, fanfic, people make mistakes all the time with representation. And I'm, I think it's, very generous of you to be so kindly about it uh and yeah and I want to state that as well you know all all these pet peeves we've talked about are things that I think it's it's very natural for you to write them in a fic because that is how we have been 
taught to think about sex work and this doesn't feel like a, an individual failing it feels like a societal failing so um you know I, I don't think there's any cause to feel guilty uh I just think that hopefully if you've listened this far you'll think about it in a slightly different way going forward hopefully I mean I know I have I'm, it's really changed um how I think about it. I, I, I yeah I mean I read a sex worker romance novel recently and I was just thinking of you the entire time being like well this is fucking ridiculous all the way through <laughs> Um, and it's really, yeah, it's changed. It's changed how I think about it. But yeah, so don't, you know, this is not a um, attack on anyone. Definitely not. Uh, I just think it's really fascinating to hear your voice. Um, and it sounds like what you want is, you know, more representation and better representation. Yeah. I just think that there's so much that could be done there that could be so much fun and is so much to explore. Um I, <laughs> And it's been so limited and it's only done harm. Mm. But I think that the same ideas of being saved and being allowed to be vulnerable, even sexually, are this is still possible mm-hmm. within sex worker fix that are accurate and don't rely on only abused sex worker, only miserable, only blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, they can just be written better. Um, the the main Drary Discord server has now a sensitivity reader um, like thread. Uh, so if you are a sex worker listening to this and you're like, oh yeah, Blue is absolutely right. We need more of these. You know, something you could maybe do is like, if you were up for it, uh, offer your services on that so that anyone who is writing a sex worker fic uh, could have access to someone who could read it for them before they publish it. Uh, and also that's another thing. Yeah, if you're writing a sex worker fic, you know, go into that and see if you can find a sensitivity reader. Um, I have used sensitivity readers for a variety of things and they are, inv- they always catch things that you wouldn't, even if you think you've done such a good job, they always do. So it's, it's um, you know, it's really, it improves the writing if you're able to find someone to read it first. So that's a, a good, a good thing to do. That was the bonus episode for my thick exposure. Thank you so much to Blue for talking to me. I really appreciate it. You can follow Blue on Tumblr at Draco for Draco. That's Draco, the number four, Draco. And they are also happy to answer further questions on there. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate people taking the time to hear what Blue has to say on sex work and the fandom. Next week, I'll be reading part one of my fic, Dad Says. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. And why not share it with a friend who you think will like the show? For more stories by me, head to AO3. I also have an Instagram at Let Them Eat Books with underscores instead of spaces where I post reviews of the books I read, so please say hello on there. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>